0: This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids. Join the league of families who are transforming family time into unforgettable Bitcoin learning experiences. With our HODL UP Bitcoin mining board game, you're not just playing. You're building bridges, creating memories, and unlocking the brilliance of the future one block at a time. Hi, welcome to Bitcoin Homeschoolers. Today we're trying a new format. It is our very first video episode and we hope you like it. We're going to dive in to a very interesting topic that I think a lot of people are talking about these days, which is the proliferation of AI and AI-generated things.
1: Yeah, I, the <laughs> well, we'll just give it away. What we're What's on our mind is that AI, like a lot of other things, has a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of fear around it. And actually, from a Bitcoin homeschooler perspective, we need to break through that And this actually is something that we feel passionately should be part of a Bitcoin homeschooling curriculum. Mm -hmm. That was the inspiration for this. This will become the first of a series on AI. It is a very big uh, topic. It it has a, a lot of different implications and I think it can be really, really impactful for the Bitcoin homeschooling parents out there.
0: Yeah, it's not even a topic that I remotely had any need to cover when my kids were going through school, but now it is not something that you can skip over. So we'll dive in and we'll explore a little bit. Today is an intro and we'll have follow-up episodes to dive in deeper. So we hope you enjoy.
1: Here we go. Enjoy. Okay.
0: Okay. Understanding artificial intelligence. Let's start by getting a clearer picture of what it is. I think there's a lot of uh, people out there talking about artificial intelligence as if it's a living thing, as if we're talking about like the movie Terminator, where machines are taking over the world and they are more intelligent than human beings and they enslave human beings in these you know, human guard labor garden like in the Matrix or something. So let's just first and foremost clear up what artificial intelligence actually is. Scott,
1: you're doing it like it's a newscast. Over <laughs> to you, Tolly. <Tali>. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the the thought is this: if, if this this is gonna be a topic that we're gonna have to hit on multiple times, and part of being able to figure out what to include in your curriculum or not including your curriculum or the framework you give your your kids, so like for example, your, your framework for politics or money or anything else, you have to, to study a little bit yourself to understand. So Tommy and I have started to to go down the artificial intelligence rabbit hole and it's been eye-opening. And actually the, the slides that we're, we're looking at now, the ones that are coming up, uh, we, we've edited these but they started with the initial kind of framework of them actually was from one of the tools that Tali was playing with but the main idea of this this entire episode is why this is a critical subject to be taught so if you're a Bitcoin homeschooler our opinion is teach AI now what level you do that to like you can get into you can get into that but part of this <clears throat> part of this is there's a lot of misunderstanding out there i didn't actually read the article but supposedly some some of the things that were coming out of the white house in terms of guidance happened after joe biden watched mission impossible and he clearly has no clue on anything in ai you have tech giants that have a lot of political clout because of the 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 money that they can they can bring and they want to create a whole moat around this and <clears throat> there's a tremendous amount of just a lack of understanding rather. I should say there's a there's a lack of understanding of what it really is and there's a lot of fear. So Hollywood's gonna do that. It could be there's a ton of movies we can get into for examples. And the the thing about it is let's let's first just let's peel this thing, let's peel this onion slowly. Let's let's dig in a little bit to it and it's just like any other tool right? When electricity first came out and people worried about everyone dying and being burned to death and electrocuted and everything else, like it's, could you imagine a life without electricity now? So this is something that is a technology, it's advancing quickly, and let's just start with teaching ourselves a little bit about what AI is, and then we can get get into it um, more. But the premise is Let's let's at least understand what this is.
0: Yeah, yeah and as you can see on the slide, we're going to address not only what AI is, but also to really view it as just another advanced tool. So, for example, when cars came out, people who owned horses were very upset. Uh, it was going to take over jobs like the blacksmith's job, you know, horse, Sorry. like carriage carriage drivers, you know, and who the people who make wagons, you know, all that type of stuff. And and what they focused on was what they were going to lose rather than to see it as just a new tool that will save them time and energy. So the picture that you see there, even though we're talking about AI, if you look at it, it's a ruler, a pair of scissors and some thread. Well, if we look at... AI like it's anything more than a tool, then of course it brings a lot of fear, but as Scott said before, when electricity first came out, people were very fearful of it because they did not understand it, and so that's what we want to, that's the way we're going to approach this presentation as well as future presentations, is AI is nothing more than a tool, and the decision you have to make is, are you going to teach yourself how to use the tool so that you are the master of the tool? or are you going to become a victim of this tool and somehow give it more power than it actually has? All right, well, let's get into it then. AI is obviously tremendously powerful. It's it's amazing how quickly it has developed. We only started hearing about AI in everyday conversations a year or two years ago, and suddenly it is absolutely everywhere. Every software that you use is now using AI to help make content better. It is changing how we interact, almost in every single way. So,
1: mm. well, but this is where my first contention is: it's not actually intelligent. So, as I've started to study this, um, <laughs> the the idea that when you're using Chat GPT or you're whatever whatever it is that like what you're you're talking about Tali, where you you have something and you're interacting and there's ai behind it so it can be anything from a google search to to uh, who knows what every, everything like you said is really touching this it's more like a autofill it's a giant autofill it, and it's it's not it's not as if the machine is actually thinking so the first problem i have With AI, is it's not there's no there's no intelligence that I can really it can answer a a LSAT whatever that whatever the test is that you take the 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 LSAT it was the LSAT right there or law
0: school Mm -hmm.
1: maybe it's the wrong example there was a thing where there there was a there was a test given and ChatGPT or some other AI was able to pass this this graduate level exam. And, and that's, this implies we're, we're kind of reading into this, that it's intelligent and that's not true at all. It's more like if you started typing a word and then the rest of the, the word popped up, right? I'm te- I'm texting and I start writing something and then the rest of the word popped up. This is just the, it's just the probability of what the next word is and the next word or the next word. And, and it's, it's a whole bunch of probabilities.
0: Right, and so it's, it's not, not reading your mind. It's not reading it's your mind. It's just right think it's it's deducting logically.
1: It's not no, there's no deduction. It is it's it's like a whole bunch of vectors and probabilities that you know this this word that like once upon A, right? Once upon A, as an example, the, the, the number of times the probability that the next word be would be time is higher than the next word being dog. Right? And then it says, okay, and, then, and it does it with phrases, and it does it with other things as well. I'm not a mathematician. I'm certainly not someone who can program AI. But what what I took away from my initial reading and, and, and podcasts on AI is it's, it's more like an autofill. And if you think about that, it, you should relax a little bit. We are not on the verge of Ultron taking over the world, or if you're, if you're older like me, HAL from 2001 Space Odyssey, like we're, we're not to the point where this has any kind of general intelligence. This is, it's, it's literally a, a probability tool and it looks to us like it's really smart because it's, it's able to look at millions or billions or however, however many pieces of input to, to give this out. And when people say, well, you have to be careful because AI makes up stuff. Like it would make up case study in that example with the, the thing. Well, technically it makes up a hundred percent of the stuff. It's not, it's not just making up some of the stuff, everything you get is made up and relax. We're, we're not, this is, this is literally not a thinking machine coming at you and, and trying to answer this, that it understands what it's, you know giving you. It's just the probability. So, um, to me, that that's the that's the amazing thing about it. it. It it has so much potential, and we have literally only just started down this this path. But that's what I thought of when I when I first started. When you when you talk about defining what is AI, well, a part of me is saying, well, what is it not? It is not actually a thinking, capable type of entity that's going to take over the world. But anyway, that's my take.
0: Yeah, I think that was definitely one of the things that reassured me in the beginning when I first started hearing about AI because my first knee-jerk reaction was also fear. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we have kids in college. What are they gonna do coming out? What We have one daughter who's very interested in art. If AI is taking over art, then that means she will have no job. We have another one that, that writes songs. And of course we're hearing people talk about how AI is writing songs and they're winning Grammys and things like that. Like, what does that what does that leave for the human students Mm -hmm. and that was so that was my first fear and when i came across this definition that it is nothing more than a probability generator it made me relax because if it's just a probability generator then that means you've got to have somebody interpreting the data and that human person cannot be replaced
1: right so So. totally my thought on this this is almost just rip style in terms of how we're addressing this we should look at This would be a good, a good episode would be just breaking down what the different levels of the intelligence are as they've been defined Mm -hmm. and where we're at. Well,
0: going forward. Yeah, Yeah. going
1: forward. No, no, I mean, as a, as a future installment in the series.
0: Yeah. Well, a really quick look at the compounding effect of AI and really the chip. It's, it's really, it really comes back to the chip uh, development, right? The speed development, because AI works off of the speed of processing information. Partially. Because if it's no. slow, then AI just wouldn't be everywhere right now.
1: Okay, yes, I think you need that as a foundation. But Yeah, I, but I, it,
0: I, I mean this timeline shows you how... You it, should read that. Does anybody yeah,
1: just so just in 1956,
0: it? the term artificial intelligence is coined. So that was in the 1950s. And by 1997, IBM's Deep Blue beats world chess champion, Gary Kasparov. So I remember when that story came no. out. I remember that was such a big deal. And the time between the first you know, artificial intelligence term came out to when artificial intelligence beat the world chess, which in, I think in my mind, when you think smart people, you really think people like chess champions. And so that, it took about 40 years.
1: Yeah. So this is where, again, I want we're gonna, we're gonna have to do an episode just on what is AI. Mm -hmm. The, when you're, when you're in the world of chess, the, a computer is really good at running a lot of calculations Mm -hmm. and keeping track of them. So in chess, there's a, it may be a lot, but there is a finite number of, of options. And if player X chooses an option, that reduce, that changes the, the the possibilities each time, right? So the, the chess, like a chess program could theoretically look at all the possibilities, make it, a, and say this is the one that it's gonna go with, whereas it's, it's not really intelligent. What's again, here? I think, again, the intelligence thing throws me, and this is not the same, The that that example is interesting, but it's not the same as what we're seeing with ChatGPT, it's not the same as what we're seeing with Dolly.
0: right but that was the beginning that was 1997 but but what i want to say is and i don't know if they actually did this but when a human chess player is pitted against artificial intelligence or i'll just call it a computer for for simplification and they test it and you're like oh the computer beat gary moving on the computer is that smart but what what I think would have been really interesting is if you gave Gary a chance to learn how that program, Deep Blue, works, whether or not Gary was somewhere could have beaten the the AI program. I think that would have been an interesting follow-up, but no, I'm I, not sure I, that they did that.
1: I, I disagree. I think the more interesting thing is the, this is where, this is why AI is actually a tool for good. If you wanted to be a chess champion 30 years ago, and you were trying to get in your, your reps, if you will, to learn. And you were fortunate enough that your parents could afford to hire a, a, you know, a grand champion for you to spend a lot of time with and, and study. You could get in these repetitions yourself to learn how to play. Today, I can download an app on my phone. And bec- because we have these programs, I, c- I can actually be taught. I can actually get the repetitions in, at a, and this is the Jeff Booth as technology is deflationary, at a much lower cost than it would have been 30 years ago. So to me, the more interesting thing of that is, is the, the potential of AI as a tool. And what yes. it means for learning.
0: Yes, definitely as a tool. And I wanna reference the book that we talked about in the in last week's episode, The Art of Learning by Josh Watkins, When he speaks about his experience facing off at the World Chess Championships, a lot of it comes down to mind games. And Mm. when you're working against a computer, it is neutral, always emotionally neutral, and you are honing your technical abilities for sure, but there's an element that can never be replaced by machine, which is that human reaction element. So he said that when the top chess players face off, they both, like when you're talking about they're playing for first place, you know, every they've gone through every round. When they're playing for first place, what sets the champion apart from the loser is just their ability to keep their cool or to mm-hmm. detect minute emotional shifts in their opponent. And that's how they beat the other person, not necessarily because they are technically more superior. So going back to what you said, AI is still just a tool and if you use it to your advantage, then you have the power. But if you give it some um, some like unreal expectation that it can mm. somehow replace an actual human being, you know, honing your chess skills, then I think we miss the point.
1: Yeah. So is there anything else on this the the milestone discussion? Well, I mean, it went from
0: talk- Yeah, so it went from 1997 to 2011. So that's what, like 14 years later. And now they're talking about IBM Watson wins Jeopardy against human champions. Uh, So again, the AI programming is doing the the data analysis. And in those two cases, in 1997 and 2011, they basically were used to demonstrate Mm -hmm. how powerful they are and how smart they are but again, don't lose sight mm-hmm. that they are still just data and analyzing, right.
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And then the other, oh, well, okay. So let me jump in because the the timeline also includes this stuff with where Google's getting into recognition algorithms and and another big company Alpha is it Alpha Go, Alpha. What is the one that beat the champion? I can't read that. Word Alpha now. Go, Alpha Go. So one of the things that's on my mind as you think about this this history is the research the intensive amount of resources necessary to build this, right? This wasn't somebody in their garage that could build Deep Blue. We're talking about IBM, right? And then you get you fast forward to the the recognition stuff that that Google was doing. Like you're talking big tech, and one of the things that I think we talk about, we, we might bring this up again later, but as technology continues to develop at the pace it's developing it's also getting cheaper so not only are the chips faster and the computers can hold more your servers or whatever you're using but actually there is a trend that is towards decentralization and one of the episodes that uh, i listened to it's a a resource i recommend to those that want to go deep on this guy swan now has a separate podcast just on ai it's called ai unchained And one of the very interesting points that he made was that AI is actually, it it tends towards decentralization. And now you have programs that you could, where the, once you've done the hard work of going through a lot of data and creating whatever it needs to create to all the, the vectors and probabilities and whatever else, you can now get something down to two hundred gigs or two hundred fifty gigs or you know whatever it is. It's something that could be on a home server, a home computer, or even your phone. And now you could be offline, and you would have access to the equivalent of like this, this uh, this this language model that can answer things. And again, we're still early in this in this process. But what comes to mind in this this discussion of the milestones is, it started out where You really needed to be resource rich in order to, to start to build this. But we're trending towards more and more decentralized abilities of these things. And I actually, I was actually very relieved to hear that. Otherwise the, the, um, what they call them, the controller garks, you know, the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Googles of the world, even the government would be able to control this because the, the massive resources, you would think like a data center or something to be, to run these things. And the reality is it's actually going the other way and it's actually very decentralized. That actually was uh, pretty reassuring. But all right, I think from a, a history standpoint, I'm not sure how much more we really need to, to to go into that. So, all right, let's just jump into some of the other, um, some of the other aspects of this. Talia, where do you want to go with well Well, i
0: mean these are just a couple a few bullet points about how ai works uh they they can extract and analyze information for images and videos they are obviously building robots that can perform tasks by themselves Um, they have models that were inspired by biological neural networks and they can recognize patterns very quickly, Um, other things like natural language processing, they enable computers to analyze and generate human language, I was playing around with Mm -hmm. an AI program where if I uploaded a a short video of myself speaking in English, I could within minutes change my spoken language in the video, lip sync to my lips in 150 different languages. Very, very cool. Uh, very cool. Yes. Yeah.
1: So the actual way that AI works to me is beyond our, beyond the scope of what we personally know. I do think it's almost like, do kids really know how a dishwasher works or do, do, does someone really know how their microwave works? Do you actually know how your car works or your phone? You, you may not need to be an expert down to the point where you could do the programming I think this is another section that later on I want to be, I think we're going to need to go deeper on if you're looking at a bitcoin homeschool curriculum some portion of that needs to be able to explain okay here's what if this is computer computer vision and being able to analyze images and being able to analyze videos here's kind of what's going on with that and then say okay here is what language processing is like and then say okay here's how a um like a midjourney is actually creating images and it's you know the the way I heard it explained is it's it's got all these different images that have been labeled and described in in whatever language. Then you go in with your language model and you use that. It goes back and says, well, then it it here's all the the probabilities around what kind of colors, what pixel color is next to what picture color based on that. You throw in some randomness there, and then it starts to put these things together, and it comes out looking like there can. The, the computer knows what a cat is or something so I, I think we need to put in English something that like uh, we uh, we could explain to at an elementary school level on how AI works in the same way that you might explain to kids how the body works how a car works how a phone works
0: right we this need to is, do we
1: need to do the same thing with a, how AI works
0: yeah this episode is an introduction I think there's so much information out there obviously we can't possibly cover all of it, but this is a call to action for homeschooling parents to to dig a little deeper and not be afraid of it and figure out how to incorporate the information into homeschooling. One of the things I I hear from our kids who are in college right now, um, when they have to write papers, somehow their professors can, can or cannot tell that somebody had the ChatGPT write their papers. And so there's a whole lot of rules and regulations around how you shouldn't use ChatGPT or other tools to perform your work. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's a very dinosaur age way of looking at it because yes, you should know how to write paper, but then how can you use the AI tools that are available to you to become even more productive? Because the world's moving very fast, and if we can up our productivity, that that also frees them up time to learn even other things more deeply, or or uh, work on connecting data points versus having to spew out Brian. regurgitate well, things.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. If you're a professor, I think today you could probably tell if a student just took a chat GPT and, and just literally dumped it out there, and a, a kid that's just trying to get by faster, could take that and edit it, and it would probably have a harder time. I, the technology, though, as it increases, it's going to get harder and harder to tell, you know, with that. So the bigger thing to me is, do I want, I, I want to be able to use this tool. I want our kids to be able to use the tools available to them for, and then we're going to get into jobs and things later, but I want them to be able to know how to use it for good. The, the question of whether you use something for good or bad, that's more of a, a moral teaching right and it's a tool i can use my car to drive safely from one place to another or i can transport drugs right Mm -hmm. i can Mm -hmm. use a gun for hunting or i could you know commit a a crime or something so there's a knife the, the knife making a gourmet meal or Hurting someone exactly so, right exactly. so this is a that's the, but you
0: shouldn't uh, say don't use a knife because you could hurt somebody with it yeah well no you, you still use yeah. a knife because it's a very useful tool
1: yeah the meme I like Someone like someone says um, when someone's trying to attack Bitcoin they say we, we we need to stop Bitcoin because the terrorists use it well it's it's permissionless right so if, if the terrorist uses a road we're not taking away all the roads mm-hmm. and a terrorist uses a cell phone we're not taking away all the cell phones you know that's it, you just the, the this technology is here. Is it is uh, increasing in terms of its effectiveness and abilities at a speed that we, we have a hard time with. So the question is, what do you do with it? And so, right. all right, so next, what we got next. All
0: right, I uh, wanna go into two different types, groups of AI, one is narrow, one is broad. An example of a narrow AI is, for example, um, a program that, was trained specifically to spot something out of a group of things. So for example, if you had a picture of Waldo and you trained your AI to spot Waldo, and that is the only information that you put into that algorithm, then that algorithm can spot Waldo faster than people and Mm -hmm. a general broad um, algorithm can. Because that's all they know, or if you program it to identify, you were mentioning before, cancer cells. Well, if that's the only thing they know, and that's the only information they're processing through, they can do that very, very quickly. Now, that doesn't take into account anything else. So, the example that we were talking about before about cancer, uh, my my rebuttal to you about using something like this, like AI, to to identify that, or as a diagnosis, a diagnosis tool, or as a whatever, in the in the medical field, we, we are realizing more and more that the human body requires a holistic approach to, um, to treatment of different ailments. And so if you have a bot that just identifies the cells, it doesn't mean that he then has the, that thing, that algorithm has the answer to how to make you better, but it does make the diagnosis much faster. And then you can move on to the other holistic stuff that you can do to treat
1: right two different things one is so the the point that narrow and general or narrow and broad are two different ways of kind of categorizing ai tools Uh and i the way i would if i could summarize what you're saying is that even after you have that the the fact that ai can spot maybe from x-rays or um, scans or whatever can spot cancer more reliably and faster than a human can that's great but you still now you have now now people can move on and start working on the diagnosis better
0: and the right? treatment and the treatment right, right. so
1: now yeah. you've you've leveraged AI to do something better than humans can do faster and now you can get to to the next to the next stage that's Right. so right? that's an
0: example of using AI as a tool for your benefit right. mm. Um, if we were to use a broad AI, like a chat GPT and say, Hey, look at these pictures or Gemini or whatever, uh, Google's new AI tool coming out. If you say, Hey, look at this picture. Is it a cancerous? It's going to have to process through a lot of information, a lot, most of them irrelevant to make that determination. And it may or may not be correct. And so in that sense, at the narrow, the, for, the more narrow, programmed AI would be a more efficient tool versus a broad because we always think oh bigger data is better but it's not necessarily so
1: right okay so the key point just is there's there's different types of AI that can be they can be adjusted to very specific needs or they can be adjusted to be very broad Mm -hmm. and they both have different
0: it depends on the data use. set that is put in there.
1: I think it has a different, I think yes, your, how you train it. I, I think it has right. to do with what's the use case or what you're trying to use it for. So, okay, great. Which is a great lead-in to <laughs> <laughs> some, applications. Of the, some of the kind of things that yeah. you can do with this. So um, being able to detect fraud, uh, that's great. The healthcare stuff we've already, we've already talked about. Um, you want to take, you want to... Uh,
0: well, virtual assistants, AI powers virtual assistants like Shiri and Alexa, and I must say that they are very useful, you know, mm. but they make a lot of mistakes as well. So it, it's a tool. Self-driving mm. cars. I know that there's lots of places testing it. Uh, I What is it? Tesla has self-driving mode, but only working in certain types of environment. You have oh. the self-parking car, like parallel parking. You just push a button and take mm. your hands off the wheel type things. So they can be very, very useful and very practical.
1: Yeah. And they're they're basically they're but I would put them in the narrow category, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're if you have I don't know how many billions of images of cars and trucks and bikes and roads and things and then all around a Tesla you have all kinds of, of inputs and it says, oh, based on the way this other car is moving then the chance the, of them, like, a collision is high, therefore apply the brakes, right? And then you, it has, every time, every person out there with their, that's this driving is, is adding to that database that's training it to become to become better. It's not like you just said drive and it, it thought of how to drive. It's, it's, it's just, a, it's a narrow application. <clears throat> and then you have facial recognition, you have, you have so many other things so the the number of applications i know that one in the bitcoin community is popular it comes up is using ai to help write code mm-hmm. so you don't have to be an expert code writer to do some basic coding you could use ai to help build websites or you could be
0: you can use ai to check for mistakes too in your coding mm-hmm.
1: right they do and they do mm-hmm. They the ones that are more some of the more advanced folks will have will actually be able to use AI to, you know, to to generate the code to do things and save hours and days and be able to do what may have required someone else a, a week of work to do can now be done in, I don't know, 20 minutes or whatever it is someone knows how to use the application. So that's programming. That's pretty cool. I know mm-hmm. that content creators use it on the web, everything from writing up your Amazon your Amazon descriptions to advertisements and and things like that. So it's pretty interesting. Um, Lots of applications. I don't think we need to really go too deep on this. I think most people already get this part. I don't think we need to really, I don't don't think there's much more to to add on this, on this particular part of the discussion.
0: Well, okay. So these are examples of how AI can be interpreted to to threaten uh, human jobs. So for example, for content creators, they used to have to hire somebody, a copywriter to write their copy or hire an editor to edit their, their writing. And suddenly they don't need to do that anymore. They're using AI to help them. But I would challenge that notion in this way. If you are a copywriter and other people are using AI to to write their copy, then you can get ahead of the curve by saying, "Well, I use these tools instead of charging you for mm-hmm. ten hours of work. I can I only have to charge you one hour because I still have human um, discernment that AI doesn't necessarily well, have to apply to a certain situation. Okay, and that com- makes you more productive.
1: Two two comments. I think the the thing that I'm taking from from that is. If our kids were younger and I wanted to to teach them about AI, I would want to give them a framework of how to think about this. And one of the things that that is powerful is to compare like the the person that was creating, you know, the buggy whips or whatever it was that you needed when there's horse and carriages and along come the cars. If the buggy whip guy went to Congress and said, you got to pass laws that people can't make cars because I'm going to go out, you're going to put people out of work. Mm well that you're trying to fight where technology is going and this is why i know we've already talked about another other episodes but why the price of tomorrow is just so brilliant to talk about in simple terms about how technology is deflationary what it means for you if you're a young student you're being homeschooled it's not that you're going to be out of work the nature of the work is just going to change so yeah. if you want to add value then if you learn how to use these tools better than other people, you are insanely valuable in the next stage of where we're going with the economy and the types of jobs. In other words, don't be the one worried about how to protect the, the buggy whip. Be the one who's learning how to be a mechanic on the car. Right? You you know, depending on what you I, I think the I'm trying to figure out the right way of saying it. To me, it's the framework of thinking about what the what this means. And when the FUD comes along about everybody losing their jobs and I'm an artist or you're a copywriter or whatever it is, you still need someone who knows how to use these tools, right? And if you do decide to at least understand what AI is, there are so many different ways that you can go into it. So many different applications like we were just talking about. It is a world of opportunity for you. It should not be feared. It should be looked at as, how do I use this tool for myself and what I want to do? What's gonna get make get even happy?
0: further. And
1: make it even and, and further,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to, to trying to fight the fact that technology... Because you're not going to stop technology from improving. Government regulators and things like that, they might be able to try to put up some artificial moats tempor- temporarily, but ultimately they can't stop the advancement of where the technology is going it's a much healthier approach to say, well, in a free market, when you have something new, then it's going to open up new types of jobs and new types of things for people to work on that we can't even imagine today. Yeah. That's the, it's an actually really good thing. So, oh, look at that. So the next slide actually, we're in our, in our notes talked about that. There's going to be a lot of jobs that are going to, really benefit from people who know how to use it yeah AI.
0: so i'll just give another example so we had a friend who worked for ford and his job was he was on the assembly line and his shoulder was constantly injured because of the repetitiveness of the job mm. and it was it was causing him so much pain and if if that part of the job was automated by ai somehow and he was able to do something different that the ai couldn't do he would be a happier employee and and it's just like ai kind of like like um like the cars they you know when people say oh you're going to take away the jobs of the 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 buggy drivers well buggy drivers had a really tough life they were out there in rain and snow and cold Mm -hmm. and went and and it was miserable but if they had a car they get to sit on the inside maybe they become car drivers and so it's just a, it's just a different way of looking at mm. it and also what you mentioned the new ai related professions created we can't even begin to imagine what those are for example 10 15 years ago when, when our boys were really interested in uh, minecraft and all the little boys were on youtube you know recording themselves playing and i was like what are you doing? This is a, your brain is gonna melt into butter, and and it's a couple of of your time. You need to go and study something more important, and so that you can get a better job. You know, going to when you get older. And suddenly you have all these young millionaires, and what were they doing? They were playing Minecraft on YouTube. Different. different so how world. are we? Yeah. yeah. So those professions, there was no way that we could have anticipated that possibility.
1: Mm. So the, this is the double-edged sword of, of the impact in terms of society, because if you're, if you're China and you want to monitor where people are spending their, their money. And now like, I know I use a, a Garmin cause I want to monitor my sleep. Well, just if they have access to your sleep data, they, they, they know when you go to bed, they know your, your GPS, they know where you drive. They have your financial records, so they know what you eat. It's really scary. And if you you tie that license plate recognition, facial recognition, if you use all of that together, these tools of AI could be used in a 1984 type of total control scenario. Mm -hmm. So it's actually another reason that we really didn't even intend to get to, at least I didn't intend to get to in this thing. And that is we actually need people to be aware of these things so they they can respond. Respond appropriately mm-hmm. the government saying that they're going to protect us and make sure there's no harmful speech and those other sort of things they it's always going to lead to the opposite just like things like the Patriot Act and things like now and we hear all these different abuses um, so there are risks of this tool being used in very bad ways because it's just a powerful tool mm-hmm. And another thing that needs to be taught to our kids is this context uh, about, this gets back to the more freedom oriented ideas of, of Bitcoin and the, the constitution, the different amendments, right? I mean, this is, when we talk about the first amendment, the fourth amendment, other things like this, we just need to understand that this is a really powerful tool. It can do a lot of good. We need to be aware that in the hands of someone who has different motives, different incentives it could be used bad ways and in that case you need to be aware enough to to protect yourself as best you can ideally speak up and 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 stop that from happening like I don't want to see the same things in the US like in in China Um, it feels like we're they already know a lot about us anyways like we're already there so I think it's it's good to have some level of concern I don't think it should paralyze you and I don't think it should make you freak out but I think it's good to have a little concern
0: well, the thing is that, as Jeff Booth mentioned in uh, a podcast I listened to with Preston, he said, even if you don't participate, they still know about you and they can infer who you are. Yeah. So mm. you not participating is only hurting yourself. Only yourself, right? You not being educated on it is hurting yourself and your children. Yes. So we might as well stay ahead of the curve and, and stay informed. 100%. So.
1: Hundred percent. Can I, I? And speaking of that, I was, I like this slide.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The the next slide for those that are listening to this audible is uh, exponential growth of AI. So, the the technology is going is advancing so fast, and and what we mentioned earlier in our show, where it's actually a decentralizing type of technology, is just mind blowing. I, I just can't think of any other word to describe that. And as you get into in the Bitcoin space, free and open um, open source software um, is a huge deal. If you look at the Nasser development, for example, and how fast that's going, well, the AI development is just exploding and you can't get that genie back in the bottle.
0: Mm-hmm. You,
1: you just can't
0: you can't hide from it. You
1: can't hide from it. and the, the one of the one of the ones that I'm really excited about, That uh, when we were adopting Bitcoin, I had the opportunity to listen to uh, Alex, uh, not Alex, um, Svesky, the the guy who's developing Spirit of Satoshi. This is, you're going to have people who take the initiative and they're going to use it in really good, powerful ways. And for those, if you're not yet familiar with Spirit of Satoshi, please check it out. I think it's spiritofsatoshi.ai, I think is the actual link, but essentially what he's what they're doing is they're building a language model that is based on things like libertarian ideas, Austrian economic ideas, Bitcoin ideas. So that when you go and ask it a question, you're not going to get, you're not going to get an answer that talks about crypto currency in general. If you go to chat GPT and ask that same general question, it's pulling from a lot of, a lot of other things that are biased in that. So, someone would say, well, that's biased. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, whatever you feed your, (laughs) whatever you feed your, your model in terms of how you train it is, it's, it's going to reflect that. I don't think that's a bad thing. And, and I just, I am so excited to just to, that we are part of this, this history where we're hitting this inflection point and this, this AI revolution is just getting started. And holy mackerel if it can if it can pass law exams now and be a go champion and you can do all these these other things and as far as we can tell so far we're still at the most basic level of what you would call intelligence right it's not actually thinking these are just the base models i it's it's really it's it's hard to imagine <clears throat> it's hard to imagine what this technology will be a year from now, or five years from now, or certainly 15 or 20 years from now. Yeah,
0: I, I who was it that I heard this from? I, am, I think I was on a workshop with a marketing expert and he was talking about AI and he said, we are so early in terms of the people who are in the workshop using AI in their marketing campaigns. And he said, the thing is, because AI is evolving so quickly, if you don't catch up to the movement, the gap is going to widen in Mm. a speed that you can't even imagine Mm. so stay ahead of the curve is basically our call to action today and uh not just obviously for you but for the sake of your children you really need to take the helm in how they're exposed and not be afraid that you know if you were to introduce them to AI, they're not going to learn how to read and write because they're, they're just going to speak into the computers. Well, what if they didn't read and write? What if they were able to do something that we can't even begin to fathom? So just be aware of the, the fear and know that you're whatever you decide to do, you're still in control of this tool.
1: Yeah. I, that talk, right. I agree with that. The call to action, you should start. You, you need to learn for yourself though. Yeah. And learn through them. I, I remember I still, this was an example from about, I don't know, maybe six months ago. And it was on a, a different podcast where Preston was talking about using AI to help build an automatic dog feeder uh-huh. with his son uh-huh. or whatever they were doing at home. And I was like, what? I just couldn't, like, I, I just was blown away. And and it wasn't like you're you have, like, Jarvis, there. But if you're if you're at home, I'm starting to do this now. I'm only just starting. If I have a an issue with something, instead of going to Google, I'll go to ChatGPT, and I'll ask. And it could be like a home project. It could be a programming project. It could be, um, I don't know. It, it just it's it's just fascinating. I, you and so the call to action is, as you were saying, like your framework and open open minded and, and try to learn the stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go and get a degree or take formal classes or that, like you just pick something and just go play with it. So to me, the way I interpret your call to action would be like this. There are dozens of, of image creation types of like, basically like language to, to, to image tools out there. Now there are tools for videos. There are just general language models that can answer Questions. Just pick one. Just pick one and go try it out, and actually just get some experience. Just have fun it. with it. Has fun with it. Maybe align it with somebody's interests. So if your definitely kid is, align it with interests, right? If your kid is interested in a, in a certain thing, if your kid is very visual, maybe that that child would be better off with what whichever you know it's Dolly or Mid Journey or whatever the the, the others are now. If it's someone who really um, I don't know, maybe they're very technical, maybe they're very engineering oriented. Well, pick a technical project, go build something like an automatic dog feeder and use AI to be your coach on what do I need to account for, for uh, a display? What do I need to account for in design and et cetera like that? I mean, it's, but to me, I think it's going to sound overwhelming when you say, hey, this is how much stuff is going, how fast it is.
0: Well, this is just, just an intro. No, I know. To have follow up presentations.
1: Right. I right, But you're, you're saying the call to action is you, you need to get started on this. And what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is it doesn't have to be the whole thing. Just pick something small and go go play with it. There's a lot of free versions of things out there. Well, we're,
0: are, are we going to list them here or are we going to go into examples down the road? No. Because we're already at 50 minutes i mean we're gonna tell uh, them to go use ChatGPT. are we telling them to go use beautiful.ai like there are so many out there
1: i don't think so i think today's purpose was why include it
0: right so so i think we're done okay If you enjoyed this podcast, and if you found this valuable, please leave a review to help others find us too.
1: For those who prefer zapping sats, we love those too. We're on Fountain, we're on Noster, and we're on Orange Pill app.
0: Also, I host a women's only Bitcoin podcast called Orange Hatter. And the mission of that podcast is to reach pre-coiner women. So if you know of someone in your life that you would like to introduce Bitcoin to, check it out.
1: So Tali and I also don't have sponsors for this show. We are trying to build and run Free Market Kids. You can check out our products at freemarketkids.com. This includes the Bitcoin mining game, Hoddle Up, which is a great introduction to Bitcoin.
0: The school edition of Hoddle Up is always available. We also have the 2024 having edition. It's going to be super deluxe. Very excited to roll it out. It is available on pre sale at a 21% discount.
1: Until next time, happy hodling.